Blog Talk Radio. Radio. Oh, there he is. This, this is All it About is Wine, all about the wine. talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do in this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some, some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's all right. Thank you, bus people. Thank you, bus people. Um, they they are happy. It's not raining tonight, so they're they're thrilled out there, enjoying their glass of wine and listen to the show. So uh, mm-hmm. we got a guest tonight. A Garth, and I'm not going to pronounce his last name because I'm going to destroy it. Well, let me try. Hodgden. He'll tell me in a few seconds because he's waiting in the green room to come in and and join us on the show. So, um, actually, we don't have anything else of importance other than him. So, why don't we just go ahead and bring him on the show and uh, uh, welcome him on here. Welcome uh, to All About Wine, Garth. I'm glad you're able to join us tonight. Hi, Ron. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, happy to be joining you tonight. And by the way, you did my name perfect, so thank you. Oh, <laughs> how about that? I have destroyed so many names and so many words. That it's an yes. And with a name like that, I'm used to getting it destroyed. So when it's, when it's properly pronounced, it's a, it's a real treat. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I'm, I'm glad I did it right. Uh, we're, I was uh, been reading through and looking at some stuff and following up on a lot of the stuff of the uh, Legacy Seller Foundation. It's, it's quite a venture. But before we get into the Legacy Seller Foundation, of which, by the way, Garth is the founder, I would like you to tell us your story up to this point, up to the time that you founded the Legacy Seller. I mean, I've read some stuff on you and you've got quite a resume so uh let's uh you know give me give me your story there if you will please sure i mean there's a there's a short version and a long version i'll give you the medium version um so yeah (laughs) i i understand we're not we're not on the air for five hours so that's that's all right um so i started off my I started off my wine career uh, in Sacramento. I was working in a restaurant through college, as most of us college students do, and I just kind of caught the wine bug, and I, I started wanting to volunteer, and I went to the, the guy who was running the wine program, and I said, hey, can I, can I help? And he said, sure, show up on Tuesdays. That's when the boxes show up. And then show <laughs> up on Sundays. That's when, we, that's when we count the bottles. And so I was, you know, putting boxes away and, and – counting with a clipboard every Sunday to make sure the inventory was right. Kind of started there. And then at one point that gentleman left the restaurant and the owner looked at me and said, you're the person, you're the only person in the restaurant that even knows what Merlot is. So off you go. And <laughs> they told me I was the sommelier and I had to go home and look up that word. Um, yeah, yeah. This was quite, this was quite some time ago before the movies and books and all of that stuff. And, um, and so I, I worked my way out of Sacramento, and I, I moved to Yonville. And my first job in, in Napa was with Thomas Keller at the, the One Michelin Star Bouchon. Uh, and I worked there for about two and a half years. And, and I left Bouchon to work at the French Laundry as a sommelier. Uh, and I was at uh, the French Laundry on the floor as a sommelier for about three and a half years. Uh, I finished my work with Thomas Is yeah. the French Laundry still open? Yeah. Absolutely, it is. I I I heard. I don't know. I was I was thinking. I heard somewhere something that the uh, the fires or something you know, they closed it because of it. I'm I'm glad to hear it is still open. I 
I was there years ago, and and it was a quite a unique experience. And I was, I'm glad it's still there. Okay, I'm sorry for interrupting. I just I was curious. No, about no that. problem. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point. I mean, I I'm based in Napa now um, again, but uh, you know the fires have affected us for the last couple of years here and. Um, you know, there may have been a day or two where the French Laundry had to close because of road closures or fires or things of that nature. And there have been times in the past couple of years where it wasn't even safe to go outside because the smoke was so thick it was coming down like snow. And so that wow. might have been a day or two where that happened. Yeah, it was. I, I've got some really amazing pictures, uh, as we all do that live here, of of the effects of the fires. It, it was really, really kind of uh, surreal. Um, Perfect word. Yes. Yeah, but before that, um, so I was working at the French Laundry for about three and a half years, and that was a really wonderful experience, and, and then they let me extend my time by moving to New York and work at Per Se, another one of Thomas Keller's three Michelin star restaurants, and I was a sommelier there for about a year, uh, and then when I left there, it was my last restaurant job, um, and I moved, I was the national ambassador for Krug Champagne. So I, I did Krug Champagne for about five years, um, traveling the country, doing events and tastings and education for, for Krug, which was a absolutely magical experience. Um, and then I left there. What years um, was it? Was and I that did, Krug? Um, Krug, I started in early 2014. Um, oh, and went so. through, yeah, late 2019 or so. Um, ended, ended with so, the pandemic. But, yeah, a little bit before the pandemic, yeah. Um, and I spent some time working for an Apple winery, um, doing a little bit of sales um, for them. And then that ended with the pandemic. And that's when the Legacy Cellar came about. Um, I was approached um, by a few people who wanted to, to start this really great idea of the Legacy Cellar, and, and we worked on it together and launched it. Um, gosh, I don't know. Time is sort of not real anymore, so I don't even know exactly when. Early pandemic, let's just call it that. Yeah, it happened. Time time got swallowed by the pandemic. I think everybody feels that way. They, You know, people say, oh, just a couple years ago, and then go, no, wait, that was eight years ago. You know, and then the yeah. pandemic just yeah, put a whole new... You lose, yeah. yeah sorry, you you twist. lose reference points, right? Like, yeah, you do. The, the oh, oh, that was right after that party, or right after that trip, or it was yeah. about the time I was doing this. I mean, there's a couple of years where we all just hung out in our backyard and drank too much wine, which was great. I yeah, guess, but it was great, um, <laughs> but there's no reference, like you say, no no time frame. There, yeah, so, you know, I messed exactly. everybody's head up. Yeah. So the, <laughs> yeah, the legacy. I mean, Seller Foundation. Okay, we're, you you are you are at the Legacy Seller Foundation now. Give us. I want details on this. I want to know all about this and everything else. I mean, this is this seems quite fascinating. But in well, well, tell me about it first. I got you know questions on that. So I'll let you talk about that. Of course. Yeah, definitely. And and feel free to ask questions because what's I think most interesting for me about the legacy seller is that nobody else is doing this. It's a, as far as I've seen a, a unique product in the industry. Um, and that's what kind of makes it fun for me is that we're really innovating as we go along. We're, we're not bound by any rules or um, what has been done in the past or things of that nature. So we really kind of get to, 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 move forward in a way that works best with our, our mission. And our mission is, is very simple. It's to convert wine collections um, into charitable donations. And so that gives us the opportunity to bring a previously untapped source of funding to the philanthropic sector. Um, meaning in sort of layman's terms, we take wine sellers as donations and turn it into cash for charity. And so what that really means is that we have the opportunity to find ways to get money into the philanthropic sector that was not available to donors and charities alike before. Because as a charity, um, just Big Brothers, Big Sisters, or Red Cross, or whatever 
you may be, um, you're able to take a check from just about anyone. That's not a problem. But if someone wanted to give a non-cash donation, and in this case, wine collection, it's a very difficult thing to do. If I called you and said, hey, I have 10 pallets of wine, or I've got a seller of 5,000 bottles, I'd like to donate it to you. Most charities would have to say no because the logistics are just so difficult. Yeah. How do we Thank ship you. it? How do we store it? How do, do we insure it? Uh, what is this worth? How do we sell it? Do we have the, the legal you know, permits to sell it? All of these things. And so a lot of times those donations just didn't happen. Um, and so we saw a really great way to sort of make that happen. Every charity is able to take a small donation, a case here, a, a bottle there, put it in their, um, you know, yearly silent auction at the gala dinner and make some money off of that. And, and you know, we're not trying to take the place of that. We're really trying to give people the opportunity to make large-scale donations or really, you know, important bottle donations to charity. And it gives you an opportunity to not have to dip into your cash reserves. And I think that was a big um, thing for a lot of people, especially when we first started um, during the pandemic. I can't wait until, you know, we have, that's a, a further memory for us. We're still definitely in it. Um, but I think, you know, there was a lot of people that still wanted to give their yearly um, to their, their, their charity of choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, maybe weren't able to because cash changed or their work changed or things of that nature, but they still wanted to give. And so we gave people the opportunity to do that by taking an asset that you don't normally think about. I think a lot of people sit down and they do their finances and they say, well, my house is worth this much and I have this so much in my bank account, and my 401k. And so my net worth is X. But a lot of times people don't think about the wine that they've purchased. It still has a value. It's an asset. Um, if you mm -hmm. choose it to be. I mean, obviously, you can pull the cork out and drink it, and that's a lot of fun, and you should be doing that every night anyways, but a lot of people <laughs> have more wine than they know what to do with. As, as a wine collector myself, I understand you don't buy based on what I think I'm going to drink. You buy based on, ooh, that's fun. Oh, that's great. Ooh, I want more of that. Oh, that's exactly. Delicious. Let me get another case, right? <laughs> and before you know it, yeah. you can't open the door to your cellar anymore. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we give people an opportunity I, to thin I, their cellar out too. I do that. I, I, you know, oh, that's so good. We need to get some more. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So we get yeah. more than we ever think we're going to drink because it's so good. Exactly. You know? And you don't want to run out. I get it. Um, you know, and so we, we at the Legacy Cellar, you know, our, our mission is to really um, give people the opportunity to have a greater impact with the, their collections. And something that we saw in the market was, you know, far too often – you know, someone collects their wine and they have a passion for it and they've been building this amazing cellar for their whole life and they've traveled and met the winemakers and brought wines back in their suitcase and ordered some from their local retailers and all of these things. And then they get to a point where they say, oh, I've got too much wine or I'm never going to be able to drink all of this. Well, that's my kid's problem. Or that's going to be, you know, that'll be whoever is in charge of my will or something of that nature. And so the wine yeah. sort of just sits. And while we do some of that, you know, we take sellers from people who have passed on, and that's not necessarily my goal. What I really want to do is find these collectors and and partner with them so that we can do something amazing with their wine cellar. You know, they've spent all this time and money and effort building this cellar. Now let's let it continue doing something beyond. I mean, and that's where the idea of the legacy cellar comes from, is that we want to give people the opportunity to do good beyond just their wine collection. Or you can, you know, build a, a basketball court in your neighborhood, or you can open a, a foundation for, you know, children to come and read books, or you can talk about food insecurity in, in your neighborhood or others. I mean, it's, there's really great things that can be done with philanthropy, and wine is just a vehicle to do that um, for us, which I think is a really cool thing. Now, that, you mentioned all these little projects and stuff like that. Uh, you have a big one on, well, when I first heard from uh, your 
I guess your agent or whatever. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> that makes me sound more important than I am. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I was like to say, but um, everybody I talk to seems to have an agent out there. I, I often refer to my here, my my co-host as my agent, just so I can sound important too. But <laughs> sorry, Mike. <laughs> but. Uh, I got this, and obviously the big thing on here is Robert Parker's gift to the foundation. Yes. Uh, yes. And I, I read that, and I'm thinking, okay, well, this this is out of everybody's league here. This is just too much. I mean, you know, uh, so, well, tell us about the Robert Parker gift and – and the dinner and all that stuff uh, that you raised for St. Jude, that's fascinating, actually. But, yeah. Uh, it's a really cool thing that we were able to do with Robert Parker. Um, and he, he wanted to donate his wine, um, and he had two things that he, was, that he really cares about. Uh, he cares about a lot of things, but two items that he's really passionate about. One of them is pediatric cancer. And so once we started talking about the event, St. Jude seemed like the best um, option for us to, to, to work with St. Jude and, and Robert Parker was really excited about it. And the, and the St. Jude team was amazing to work with and, and so much fun putting this together with them. Um, but the idea was, and we were having lunch with, with Robert Parker and he said, you know, we'll start with one bottle and he held up his one finger and, you know, you kind of thought, well, okay, well, yeah. what one bottle be his cellar is great, <laughs> but what is this one bottle going to be? And he said, I have a 27 liter, Sinequinon, the inaugural 2003. And, you know, if you know anything about wine, you've heard of Sinequinon and you know oh, yeah. sort of the lore and the seek around this wine. And, and he said 27 liter. And my first thought was, well, that's a really big bottle. And, <laughs> you know, for people who, who need the conversion real quick, it's 27 liters. It's the equivalent of 36 bottles of wine in one cases large in bottle. One bottle. <laughs> yeah. It's called a Goliath. You don't see them very often, so most people don't even – I mean, I didn't know that. I had to look it up. About the, the size is called the Goliath, and it's the second largest bottle. Um, 30 liter is the only size bigger that I think that, you know, anyone commercially makes. Um, so, but this is really great because – and I found this out later, but Sinequinon has only made one 27-liter bottle ever, and it was this bottle that Robert Parker had purchased years ago – and it was the inaugural, which is, if you're familiar with Manfred and Elaine's wines, it was their first estate-bottled Syrah from their estate vineyard. Um, and it uh -huh. did receive 100 points as well from the, from the wine advocate. And so it was this very much, and I don't like the term, but I'll use it here because I think it's appropriate, very much of a unicorn bottle. It was the only one that ever existed of this wine. It was the only one that the winery, Sinequinon, has ever made. Um, of that size for any of their bottles. And it was just this really amazing, unique opportunity where we said, oh boy, we've got Robert Parker, we've got Manfred Krankel, we've got a, a wine that doesn't exist. And so the thought was, how can we make this an amazing event? And so we partnered with St. Jude and we partnered with Robert Parker and Manfred and Elaine Krankel. Um, and we put together this dinner. Um, we did it at a private home in, in Bel Air in, in Southern California. Um, we had Nancy Silverton as the chef, um, because if anyone's familiar with Manfred Krenkel's biography, he started out as a sommelier for Nancy um, years and years ago before he became oh, a winemaker. And so there was, yeah, he was, he, he, how he got started in, in wine was, uh, winemaking was Nancy said to him, hey, can you go up to the Central Coast? and find a wine that we can bottle for the restaurant to make sort of our house wine. And in that process, he fell in love with winemaking and eventually left restaurants and became a winemaker. So oh. um, <laughs> they, had this, they had this great connection that made sense to bring them in. And we had Rick Springfield come and perform. And it was just a really amazing event. And this bottle that, that Robert Parker donated, while there's, no way that I could tell you how much it would have cost if someone were to buy it at auction, um, oh, yeah. just because there's no precedent for it. Um, right. You know, it would have raised a lot of money just selling the bottle on its own. But by putting together this event, we were able to raise $3 million for St. Jude wow. with one bottle and one event. And it was wow. amazing because 
you know, we had, we had all sorts of really wonderful things that came together based on this one bottle and, and Robert Parker's generosity, which, you know, that money would have never been into the, the philanthropic sector had it not been for that donation. Wow. That's just, that's just amazing. A couple of things. I'm looking on one of your press releases here and uh, you mentioned the 27 liters equivalent to 36 bottles, but I have to point out to listeners too, that, that thing weighed, 134 pounds that's just you know it's not something <laughs> yeah. that you're going to pick up by the neck and pour yourself a glass i mean it's <laughs> no yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's we, when, we, when we picked it up from his house there was four of us um <laughs> that lifted it out of the cellar and and not small guys we there's four of us that lifted it and then when we poured it we actually um you know, and this would be much more interesting if we were on a TV show, um, but Elaine Crankle, Manfred's wife, made this really cool contraption so that we could siphon the bottle because we, we couldn't pick it up and just pour it into a decanter. It was way too heavy, so we siphoned it using some a fashioned uh, siphon, and it was, it was really, really a, a cool thing to, <laughs> to do. And then we, so the wine was decanted and served to everyone that way, and the bottle was brought out and presented. It was, it was really wonderful. But even empty, the bottle was quite heavy. <laughs> I can imagine. Well, as as a sommelier yourself, uh, was the, well, tell us about the wine. I'm curious. Was it a, a, a just oh my gosh, I'll never forget that wine, or was it, oh that was really really good, but. Yeah, I mean I've had a lot of really amazing moments in my wine career, as you can imagine, working at some of the restaurants I did. Some of the wines right. that we opened and served and came through the restaurant were, were really memorable. And and this bottle, I think, stacks up to everything else in my career to this point, mostly because, you know, the lead-up and the anticipation was amazing. But Robert Parker and his wife Patricia were there, and – Manfred and his wife Elaine were there, and so the people who owned it and the people who made it, and, and it was a one-of-a-kind, and I, I mean, I lost sleep for the, a week leading up to it about, <laughs> well, how am I going to open it? How am I going to pour it? What happens if it's, what happens, God forbid, if it's corked? You know, all of these things were running <laughs> through my head, um, and so the relief of getting the cork out and tasting it for the first time was amazing, um, you know, and not everyone gets the opportunity to taste and Equinon all that often. It is a fairly rare and expensive it's, wine, and I've had my share of them over the yes. Yeah, expensive too, but for good reason. The quality is, is there. Phenomenal, um, yeah. And I'd had this, and I'd had this wine uh, a couple times in my life, so I, I had a sort of an idea of what it was going to taste like. But in that format, um, with that much age on it, it was, it was spectacular. It was a singular experience. Um, it was everything that I expected it to be, uh, and more. And the the beautiful thing about it is, and, and I'm sure anyone that's ever opened a bottle of wine will agree with me, is that the beauty of wine is sharing it with friends and having oh, yeah. a, a glass and a conversation over it and thinking about who, what, when, where, why about the bottle and all of that stuff. I mean, I think that's what draws us into wine. Um, and to be able to be there and have that experience with everyone, I mean, just made it so much better. And so to answer your question, yes, the wine was absolutely fantastic, but the experience in and of itself, I think, was probably something that's going to be hard to beat. That's great. That's good to hear. You know, you hate to think that something, well, like I say, you hate to think that you open it up and it's cork or it's just sort of, well, this is good, but, you know, that type of reaction. So I'm glad to hear that it lived up to its, you know, supposed to have, expectations and um, you know it's always great to hear that something like that happens um so yeah three million dollars on this one event with one bottle of wine wow that is phenomenal uh yeah did and you also introduced i'm sure if people were willing to pay the donations that it costs to come to this i'm sure you made contacts with other people who had sellers that would uh look at donating some to another event or something like that so 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of what I do is that, you know, when, and, and we didn't really talk about this yet, so I, I can hit on it now because I think it's important, is that the way that the legacy seller works is 100% of our overhead is underwritten. So that means that every oh, penny wow. of the value of a wine, yeah. So we don't take fees or percentages or points or commissions or anything of that. So of the $3 million that was raised for St. Jude, all $3 million went to St. Jude, um, which I think is a really, really great thing because there might be someone listening right now saying, well, I've got a wine collection and I could go to, you know, your favorite auction house and sell it uh, and donate that money to, to charity. So what do I need you for? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, through my connections in the wine industry and our sort of uh, mission as uh, a charity is we have the opportunity to make partnerships and to talk to people and say things like, you know, all of this money is going to charity. Will you sort of waive some of your fees and things of that nature? And so we've made uh, a lot of partnerships in in the auction world and in the the private sector world where we're able to retrieve 100% of the wine's value. So if, like I said, if a wine's worth, if you had a million dollar seller, a million dollars of that would go to charity. And so that makes it really unique and special because all of these other auction houses, they're businesses. They're, of course, doing what they're supposed to be doing, and it's great, but there's insurance and shipping and and buyer's fees and seller's fees and all of those things. And so not all of that money from your seller would make it to charity. Um, and so by going through the Legacy Seller Foundation, that is an option for people to, to really give even more, which I think is really fantastic. Um, it is. And to the, yeah. And to that point, that's, that's sort of the biggest part of my job is when a seller comes in or when a bottle like Robert Parker's comes in is we sit and we think, well, how can we make the most impact with this bottle? You know, the Robert Parker bottle, again, I couldn't even guess how much it would be, but I don't think we would have made $3 million if we just sold it at, at an auction. No. And so we, no. we found a way to sort of maximize its value. And that happens with bottles all the time when, when people bring in a seller. You know, we find ways, creative, inventive ways, to make as much money as we, we can because in the end, all of the money is going to support the charity that the people are, are choosing um, because we are a donor-advised fund. And so if you donate wine, you get to choose where that money goes. And the Legacy Seller Foundation is just a vehicle to get you to that end goal, which is to put more money into um, the philanthropic sector, which I don't think anyone's going to complain about. That, that's Wow. Okay. So, for example, if I want to donate my seller to the Legacy Philanthropic Foundation, then I can say I want to raise max amount of money and I want to put this toward – building a new wing at the local high school. Uh, And so all of your efforts would go into doing that and maximizing the monies by planning an event around that, uh, around the wine, so that you can get the most out of it to reach the goal. I mean, it was a question, but it didn't sound like (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> no, there was a little inflection there at the end. I got the question. Okay. Um, good. <laughs> you know, the <laughs> the the goal for for the Legacy Seller Foundation um and my main task is to raise as much money as we possibly can through the the liquidation of a wine cellar. And we are able to donate that to whatever the donor wants. So, yes, if you wanted to build a wing at the high school or build a, a fishing lodge in Montana to help disabled veterans, or if you wanted to donate to a local animal shelter, whatever you were passionate about as a, as a, a donor, you would be able to do. Um, I'm not going to build the wing at the high school. That would be a bad, right. a bad look for me. I'm not, not really um, good at building things like that, but I think the idea is, is that, <laughs> <laughs> the idea is is that we really put all of our efforts into raising the most money. And it doesn't always have to be an event. It's not always a dinner. It's not always, um, you know, something like that. But sometimes it could be a focused, you know, I know a lot of people in the wine industry and, and maybe you're a wine seller 
and I know someone who really loves that kind of wine or that style of wine, and we can find those people, and they'll pay the top dollar for those wines because they're unique or special or things of that nature. And so it's really just finding homes for the wine and raising as much money as we can for charity, which, you know, sometimes is really easy and sometimes is really hard, but that's the fun of the job. Now, I noticed on uh, this one page here, you said you're planning on having one to three events a year uh, to raise money. Would you combine a, a donation of a couple of people for an event, or would that lessen the amount of money you can bring in? I, I, do you understand you what know, I'm I asking? Think that, yeah, I do. Every seller is different, and every wine collection is different, and every donor has a different goal. So, But if everything aligns, so if there was two people that were really passionate about one um, thing, we could definitely – put things together. Um, we've made some combinations in the past of wine sellers and wine collections to, to raise more money, and that absolutely can happen. But really, the, the goal is to find the best way to do that, and every collection is, is different. Everything that we've done hasn't really been like the last. If someone said, hey, Garth, put together a flowchart of exactly how it works, um, there'd be a million different flowcharts because every little detail is different. And that's what makes it fun is that we have the ability at the Legacy Cellar to kind of fit to whatever mold may come in. If you came to me and said, hey, I've got this cellar and it's really great and I want to donate it, and I don't even know what I want to donate it to, you and I could sit down and say, well, what are you passionate about? What are the things that you care about? How can we help you achieve those goals, and we can really tailor something to each individual um, wine collector, which makes it special. There isn't just a do A, then B, then C, and then money appears, and and I think that makes it great because every person has a different goal in their life with wine collecting and has a different goal with their philanthropic uh, achievements, and so we really have the opportunity to, to, to do that, which is great. That actually... Anywhere, say, well, since I'm in Florida, uh, I don't have to travel or any, I'm using me as an example, but I'm applying this to everyone. Uh, I don't have to travel to California to do this. I can have the event and you would tailor it around here because this is where. Okay. So anyone who wants to donate can have the event locally for whatever Mm -hmm. purpose they want it. Yeah, Very absolutely. Good. And and we've we've done work in you know, each coast in uh Florida, Illinois, New York, Boston, Maryland, Hawaii. Um we've we've sort of been a lot of different places already, um, which is really, really wonderful because it gives people that a lot of times people see, Oh, you're California based and it's not. We're we're based nationally and we've done things in many different states already and yeah i'd love someday to say we've we've worked in all 50 states and and we'll get there um but it's it's really it's really nice to to be able to service people where they are and you know that's part of what we do as well too and again as i mentioned it's not all events because if someone donates a large amount of wine those it can't all be used for events a lot of those will go and be sold in other ways and we will come to you and help uh, inventory your wine and assess the value of the wine and we'll pack it. And I have shipping partners that use refrigerated trucks and we'll ship the wine to a storage facility. We have some on the East and West coast. And so we're, we're really set up to, to deal with large wine collections and high value wine collections and, and really the, the best of the best is sort of, um, you know, what, what we shoot for, but there isn't, there isn't any any limitations on what we can and can't do as far as taking wine bottles and turning it into money for charity. Now, if an individual wants to donate their wine or anything, is there any cost involved to that individual? I mean, you you know, I want to donate my seller. I'm not going to be faced with any charges or anything. Correct. Okay. The, the process is to to make it as simple as possible is 
because you and I would have a conversation. We would enter into an agreement that you are going to donate your wine to the Legacy Seller Foundation to benefit Charity X, and then we liquidate the wine and the money goes to the charity, and there is really nothing for the donor to do in the process at all, and there's no um, bills that show up or anything of that nature. It's, it's really – what we've set up is really a tool, and I don't necessarily like thinking about it like this all the time, but we're a tool that people can use to turn their wine into, into charitable giving. Um, I think tool makes it sound maybe a little bit blunt, but we, we, are, we give people the ability to turn wine into cash. Um, at, and to make it as easy as return. possible. At the maximum return. At the return. maximum return. At maximum or more. I, I don't have statistics, and, and mostly things are skewed, you know, for things like the, the Robert Parker bottle, I couldn't tell you, but we, we achieve over 100% most of the time. A, a wine value usually is exceeded in the donation to charity, and that's really my goal. If I can go to sleep every night saying we made as much money as we possibly could, then, then, then I'm doing my job. And well, that's the key to it. I think more than anything, because if you, if you go out and try to sell it yourself, you're not going to realize the full potential of what you're selling. I mean, with you, you know how to give the biggest return on it. And so therefore you will strive for that, which is going to benefit the selected charity even more. So, Absolutely. I, and I think by putting things in the term of philanthropy, everyone sort of understands the game. You know, like I think the, the people who are going to try and, you know, nickel and dime you and say, hey, I'll give you 50 bucks for that bottle or something. People understand that the money is going to a good place. And so I'm not trying, they understand that I'm not trying to gouge them by charging uh, a certain amount of money and they're not going to try and, you know, the idea is is that the wine is going to go to a good home, someone who appreciates it and will drink it and love it, and the money is going somewhere good. It's not just to make me rich. I'm not making any money off of it. We're helping other people by participating in the purchase and sale of something that we all want anyways. Oh, that's fantastic format. I mean, I just – I love the idea of how all that money can go to the charity that's picked. Speaking of charities and something that just occurred to me without, you know, betraying any trust, what are some of the charities that you have donated through through this? You know, we've done a lot of really great work um, with charities, national charities and local charities, and, and we've donated to um, St. Jude, as mentioned, World Central Kitchen, um, we've worked with uh, Meals on Wheels in a couple local places. We've donated to um, um, organizations that help the ocean and organizations that look after food insecurity nationally. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's been a real eye-opener. And for me, someone coming from the wine world and talking to all of these charities and foundations and people that we've been able to help, it, it's amazing what philanthropy does in this world. It's amazing how many people it touches and how many people are sort of part of philanthropic world. And, and every day I learn something new, I hear of a new charity or someone doing something uh, amazing. And it's just, it's just really fulfilling to, to know that all the hard work in the end of the day is going to help, um, you know, someone in need or someone who could, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're we're filling a role that that is vital to society. <laughs> Without yes, philanthropy, no. I mean, society would look much different. I I donate to way too many organizations myself. I I'm I, I'm good about it, but I'm horrible about it. my wife says, "Why are you donating to them?" And I've been doing that for years and years. Once you contact a charity. <laughs> And you know, I just you know throw that out there because she's always saying you don't need you know and I do I I donate yeah. to a lot of different ones, but once That's you great. contact a charity, uh, do they jump in with both feet and try to help as much as they possibly can, or do you contact yeah. the charity I mean, after I, you've raised the money? It, it goes both ways, but we always try and reach out as soon as we possibly can because a lot of times these charities have 
um, people that they know that might want to buy the wine or they have ideas about how we can uh, make it more of a, a visible, you know, more more eyes on it, more people talking about the wine, more people wanting to buy the wine can really help. And so we always try and collaborate with the charities so that we can accomplish our mission of bringing the most money in for each wine collection. Um, mm-hmm. And it also helps us to, to think of, you know, new and exciting ways that the, the money that we're donating can help. Um, Cause not, you know, most charities don't do just one thing. They do lots of different things. And so by sort of focusing in on that and the good that's going to come from this wine cellar usually helps us realize a, a better return. Oh, okay. Now, if I am, well, I have a, a wine again. I'm using me for an example, and this doesn't. Sure. No more. No more so than just an example. Say I have uh, three cases of wine that I particularly love, and I, I've had, and I've aged, and I've aged them properly, and they're they're good wines. But three cases, it really isn't a legacy. Do you? work with people who have small donations and pair it with others with small donations to try to create a uh, substantial donation to some charity or are the small people left out? (laughs) No, the small people are definitely not left out. And I think it's a mantra of of most charities that, you know, no donation is too small. And, And we feel the same way that, you know, anything you can give, to help is great. Um, obviously, everybody loves the big numbers and the flashy bottles and things of that nature. Um, and those are obviously the, the things that make the headlines and get all the stories. But we right. take smaller donations from people all the time. Um, and they go to the same place. They go help um, people in need. And so we really, all gifts are welcome. Um, and we definitely treat all all donations the same as far as, you know, trying to get the most value out of the, the bottles of wine. Do you have a default donate, uh, a default charity that you give to? Say, you know, somebody says, oh, I don't know what I want to do with this. Do you have, do you have one that you uh, – well, default is a bad word, but I think you understand. Um, yeah, no, we, we don't because everybody has a, a passion in life, something that they care about. And, and I definitely have had conversations with people where they say, oh, I, I don't know. I don't, I've never given to charity. I, I don't really know what I should do. And, you know, there was one gentleman that, that came to me that way, and we started talking about what he was passionate about and what he cared about. And we ended up giving money to a local music um, school in his area that hmm. – gave lessons and gave instruments to children because he loved music and, and loved jazz and loved, uh, you know, listening to young musicians. And so he sort of came about based on some of his other interests, a way to help. Um, and, and so I think that's something if you've never given to charity before and you think there isn't something out there for you, that there is, there's, there's something in the charitable world that really aligns with you and your passions and things you care about. Um, and so we, we always try and do that. I, I think I, I understand what you by, meant with your word default, but uh, I, I, mm-hmm. I think we try and we really try and curate the experience for the donor as well as the donee. Oh, oh very good. That's uh, Yeah, I can say there are so many charities out there. I get to way too many of them to try to choose one. <laughs> I think I would be hard pressed on that. Uh, sure. And we can definitely split a donation amongst multiple charities too. If someone says, oh. I want to donate my cellar and, and I wanted to go to these five charities, that's very easy to do as well too. So, um, you know, people have the opportunity to do that. We don't make people pick just one. Oh, very good. So the Legacy Cellar yeah. Foundation will work for everybody who has wine. Now, say estates, and you mentioned this earlier, but I wanted to bring this up again. Say someone's listening and say dad has passed away and I'm not a wine drinker, but he has this wine cellar, that would be a good opportunity to put it somewhere that's going to do good. Uh, But I'm saying, okay, now this is a lot of money here. I'm going to donate this. Do I get a tax write-off on this or can I, uh, is there something? Okay. It is all 
Yeah, donating donating wine uh, is tax deductible, and and we provide tax receipts for all of the donations. Um, and so, especially when people are are doing estate planning, or or if they ha- they're in the position where their father or mother has passed away and left the wine collection, a lot of times people just don't know what to do with it. You know, right? Mom and dad had all this wine and, and, you know, it's just mom and dad's dusty old bottles and I don't really want to deal with it. And I've got to get rid of the couches and all of the other things too. And what do we do with this wine? And that's where we come in and we take the wine and we make sure that instead of getting pennies on the dollar, you're getting full value for the wine and that it's going somewhere that people are going to appreciate the wine. And also it just makes it easier. I mean, a time like that is difficult. And so to have to wade through bottles and this and that and try and figure out all of the logistics, I think sometimes can add so much stress because wine is a a high stress thing. If you're not familiar with it, how do I store it? How do I ship it? How do I do these things? You know, and to have someone like the legacy seller come, come in and just say, we've got this, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. Um, I think is a, a great relief for a lot of people um, um, yes. in a time and, when there's a lot of stress already. And you also get another chance to uh, continue on the relative's legacy, too, by donating that to a charity that they might have been particularly fond of. So that would work well yeah, even absolutely. further. And, and we've, yeah, and we've had an instance where someone passed away and the, their wine um, was significant enough that it was able to have – uh, a, a fellowship at their the university that they taught at named after wow. them. So there was a, a wow. yeah, and so you know that your legacy can live on at a you know a university or a building named after you or a library or something of that nature too, where you know you can continue on your legacy by giving wine. And I think that's something that's really fun too. Um, you know, you can honor your your parent by deciding to do that with the wine. Um, the value of the wine too, which is great. And, and something that, that sort of just popped into my head is, is, you know, we've been talking for a bit now and you, every time I say something, you've got another question and I love that. And it happens <laughs> so often because it, it's, it's a very, very simple model that can go in a million different ways. And so everyone always has questions. Well, what about this? And what about that? And, and yep. you know, the answer is always like, yeah, we can do that. No problem. The, the, the real basic nuts and bolts of the, if anyone's listening and still hasn't quite figured it out, the, the real nuts and bolts is simple. We take wine and turn it into cash for charity. And we take all of the distraction and all of the questions and all of the, the difficulties out of it for the donor and for the charity, because as I mentioned before, it's difficult for a charity. If you called and said, Hey, I've got 10,000 bottles. I'm going to drop it off on your doorstep. They're going to say, oh, wait, what am I going to do? With <laughs> no, that, no, no, right? No, no. <laughs> um, right. And so we sort of act as that middleman, that tool, as I mentioned before, to really make it easy for, for everyone in the process to take something that's difficult and turn it into cash that everybody knows what to do with. So, you know, if this was different, if it was Rolexes or cars or something, that's a little bit easier. That you know, there's no legality to reselling that like there is with alcohol, and there's no storage necessarily that's so precise. You have to have the right temperature and the right humidity, and that can't change, and all of those things that come along with wine. And so we really just make it easy. And I, I love having conversations with people, and they say, "Whoa." You know, they've got some intricacy or some oddity about their collection or their seller or this, and they go, well, what about this? And it's always like, absolutely, we can take care of that as well. And it's a great relief to people. I've, I've never gotten off the phone with someone and had them kind of say, well, I, I still don't understand, or this might be too difficult for me. It's always a like, wow, that was amazing, and thank you for helping me with this, because we really do come in at the beginning and take care of it all the way through the process. And so people have the opportunity to say, I want to give you my wine, and then they don't have to do anything else until the money is donated, and then they just have to receive the letter from the charity saying, thank you so much for your generous donation. Oh, fantastic. This has nothing to do with the donation stuff, but once you get it, do you have storage facilities for all these wines? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have storage facilities, and I have – yeah, I have people that – that I work with that have wine shipping companies and 
Um, there's a network of, of warehouses that we have access to, and it's a really great process that we've come together. And I think that's what makes us unique in the sense that it isn't an easy process to, to, to duplicate. It's not easy <laughs> yeah, really. to say. Yeah, and, and that's, I think, the big part is that we, we saw this big hole in the market um, where it just wasn't easy to do. It wasn't easy to donate wine to a charity. And that's what we really wanted to do was give people the opportunity to take wine and turn it into cash without losing money by every person nickel and diming them, you know, in, in the sales and the shipping and the insurance and all of this stuff. We wanted to make sure that 100% of the wine value goes to charity. And this was the way that, that we had to do it. And, and, and we've done it and it's successful and it's a proven model. Um, and I think, you know, I mean, maybe someday someone else will come along and I'm fine with that. I would love to have this be something that everybody wanted to be a part of and everybody wanted to donate wine because our goal in the end, like I said, we're not, we're not a for-profit organization. Um, we are simply helping people turn their wine into charitable givings. And so if more wine was turning into money for charity, that's a great thing. It is a great thing. It, without question, that is a great thing. You have a great, uh, you know, business format here and everything. You started in 2019, I think you said. Uh, again, time's a bit irrelevant. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, end of yeah, 2019, yeah. So, so you've all came quite a ways in in a little over two years. Then, I mean, wow. Yeah, we we have a really great team and we have people who dream really big. Um, and I think that's something that sort of has filtered down through from inception until now is that, you know, we don't take anything at face value. If someone tells you a wine's worth a thousand dollars, you know, the first question is, okay, how do we do more? How do we make it worth more? How can we make <laughs> this bigger, better, grander? Um, and that's by bringing in partners and, and, and talking to, all sorts of different people to make the charitable donations as big as possible. And, and I know I sort of keep harping on that point, but that's really like my job is to dream. Um, it's not just to turn wine into cash. It's to dream big. And how do we do big, exciting, fun things? How do we raise more money? How do we do that? And, and for me, that's what I think is most exciting about my job as the director at the Legacy Seller Foundation is that we have the opportunity to really push ourselves to think big, to think grand, to, to do as much good as we possibly can on a daily basis. And that's fun. I mean, that's that really like a great – yeah, it's a great feeling to, to, to accomplish something every day that you didn't know was possible when you woke up. Um, yeah, that's and that's what we're always like doing. That. We're always pushing ourselves to, to that. Sounds like a great, great experience and a great job. Uh, Mike, do you have any questions for Garth here or any comments or anything? Mike settles out in the background, and I have to wake him up. Here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you there, Mike? Or did you get cut off? We have... We have issues with Blog Talk Radio at times that cut us off. Mm. And, oh, he should be there. Mike, can you hear me? It's wow. possible that I did such a good job that he just is stunned into silence and has no question. There you go. Yeah, that, it, it, it happens too. <laughs> it, would, it, would be, it would be the first time, though, because like I was mentioning before, that there's all these different sort of uh, what-ifs that pop into people's minds. And I love that because when you explain what the Legacy Seller Foundation is, people's minds just start racing. Um, how, how we could do this, we could do that. Oh, I've got these bottles or I've got that friend or, you know, what about this event? Or, and it's, it's really just a fun thing because we have the opportunity to everybody dream together. And when you kind of put it to people that way, um, that anything is possible, um, there aren't limitations. Is it really gives you the opportunity to do something special, and that's what we're trying to do: is do something special. Yeah, and it's it's a great thing. I love how you've approached this and what's been going on with it. it is fantastic. Uh, the uh, 
website and the phone number and the social media contacts and any way somebody wants to get a hold of you or to check out uh, the Legacy Sellers just to, to find out more information and stuff, uh, give me all that information. Yeah, The best way um, to find us is we're on uh, Instagram and Facebook as the Legacy Seller. Our website is LegacySeller.org. Um, not no the in front of it and no S at the end of seller. It's just LegacySeller.org. And on there you can find all sorts of information. There's a, a contact page where you can get a hold of, of the team. Uh, and there's also a place where you can enter your information and become a Legacy Seller Insider. Uh, and what that does is it gives you um, – we'll send very few, <clears throat> four at the most, but probably less, um, emails a year just kind of giving you a little bit of information about what we're doing and and it gives you the opportunity to know about wines when they come up for uh, uh, auction if we get a great seller we'll send information out to people so that they can participate in purchasing these wines as well um, and it gives you the opportunity to to discuss donating your seller uh, as well too so um, it's a really it's a really great Thing to sign up and be a part of um, to just kind of have more information about what we're doing and as it's happening. Because um, I'm sure LegacySeller.org. Yep. Okay, I'm going to have to yeah. sign all and about I'm, wine up for it because if you send out emails, I can always remind people out there too. So I will do that. Oh yeah, that would be great. And for all of you out there who are spelling challenge like I am many a time, it's Legacy, L-E-G-A-C-Y, Seller, C-E-L-L-A-R, LegacySeller.org. So, and you were going to say something before I interrupted there? I'm sure I was. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh. Well, then I don't feel bad for interrupting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, and I, I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, to discuss this with you and, and your listeners because I think what's really important for me is getting the word out and letting people know that this is available to them because I think far too often people go, oh, that's my wine cellar. As I mentioned before, you know, it's someone else's problem. I'm not going to worry about it or I'll drink as much as I can and then that's that. Um, and I think giving people an idea that there's other things that you can do with your wine collection um, really helps jog people's imagination. And as, I'm, as I was saying before, you know, imagination is something that's really important to us because we want to take these wines and, and find them new homes and get people excited about them and raise lots of money for charity. And, and that's not just something that you can do in a print ad. You know, we have to really – kind of tell tell everybody, you know, this is what we're doing. Shout it from the mountaintop. So I appreciate you loaning me your mountaintop. Well, yeah, and it, the thing is, so, so many times out there, even the people who have a wine cellar now, they go on, well, you know, my kids aren't going to appreciate this. What is, they're, they're going to, you know, cough it down like it's uh, Boone's Farm. I need to do something with it. And it's a good opportunity to leave it in the will, even, that, you know, turn this yeah. over to Legacy Seller uh, so that they can, you know, donate it to my favorite charity uh, instead yeah. of having my kids Absolutely. just not appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and I think that's the thing that I always try and tell people, too, is, you know, I'm a wine lover. It's what I've built my career on. It's what I have, you know, spent most of my life thinking about and talking about and learning about. Uh, and that's what people who have wine cellars do as well, too. They, they yeah. you know, not only are you just collecting wine, but you're you're collecting stories and, and sharing it with other people. And you want to mm -hmm. make sure that that lives on, that lives past you. You know, you, this is your cellar that you've built. It's very important for people that are building it. And, and they, we have the opportunity to sort of continue telling that story and make sure that it goes to great places and, and, and helps people in, in the long run. And, you know, not to – to ace anybody's kids out of a cellar, but, you know, we we give it an opportunity to continue to live. We give their cellar, uh, you know, an opportunity to continue to do good um, and as much good as possible for a long, long time. And that, I think, is really great because before we came around, there weren't very many ways to 
give your seller or to turn your seller into, um, you know, continued good for the world. Yeah, and I agree. I, I've never heard of anything either. And, you know, and people whose children will appreciate the wine would not have to worry about it. It's, the, you know, so many out there right. that the kids are like, eh, you know, wine, I'd rather, you know, you know, go my craft beer now and stuff like that. And so, like right. you say, continue the story. And so it's a good deal that mm-hmm. way. So, all yeah. right. Well, I'm, where's Mike? Mike, where are you? He, for hey, some I'm, reason. I think I'm here. Oh, oh, there he is. Okay. All right. <laughs> Mike, welcome. Yes, Mike. Thank you. Uh, just uh, running, uh, if we could go back through the entire uh, show. That'd be yeah. great. <laughs> anyway, so I'm just I accidentally disconnected my microphone cable and I'm sitting here, you know, I was typing notes and stuff. And when you said the first time, you know, you, you called for me and I was pushing the on air button and I go, hello, but I didn't see the needle move. And I thought, all right, what's going on now? What happened? Have I been just sitting here? But it's, no, it's been coming through the whole time and I've, I've taken quite a few. I, I'm always like in the background taking notes and stuff and, yeah, um, tweeting. but, um, yeah. Uh, you, I did have a couple of uh, questions, but you already answered them really uh, um, uh, about splitting the donations and and uh, I forgot the other thing. Um, oh, uh, you were talking about the other beneficiaries that have, um, you know, uh, that you've supported as well. So uh, took care of that, and um, yeah, uh, this is sounds like a like a, a great thing to get involved with for sure. So I uh, encourage everyone to visit your website and follow you on social media and and. Um, get involved. Uh, it sounds like a great uh, organization. So yeah, best of luck to you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you. And, and we'll, uh, I'll sign up all about wine for it. So whenever we do get an email in, I'll remind our listeners that you're out there and in about it and all that. We'll keep the name forefront so people won't forget about it. And, uh, I'll do that. So, Garth, thank you so very much for taking the time this evening. Well, you're on the West Coast, so this evening for you, or this afternoon. Thank you for taking the time mm-hmm. to join us and uh, telling us all about the Legacy Seller Foundation, which is a great, great cause. And I hope people, I hope this will uh, motivate people to start looking into it more and, and uh, finding, you know, good ways to liquidate, no pun intended, their wine cellars so (laughs) well ron i appreciate your time and your interest and i hope this you know sparked a few questions for for your listeners and a few ideas and you know this is something i think we can all rally behind and and doing good and drinking wine they're all noble tasks so i think we should do as much of both as many as as many days as we can I agree 100% on both of those. <laughs> like I say, I donate to too many. So, very good. Thank you. Have yourself a wonderful Great. rest of the evening. Good luck in uh, uh, your continued ventures with Legacy Seller. And uh, maybe sometime in the future, we can talk again. That sounds great. I appreciate it. Um, I look forward to it. Okay. Thank Thanks. you very much. Have yourself a great evening now. Thanks. You guys, too. Uh, thank you. There he just left us. All right, very good. That's an interesting concept. I just I was uh, fascinated, and you know the thing that caught my ear, I think, more than anything else in that whole conversation was when he said, "We don't take any of the money. Everything right that's raised goes to the church. Hundred percent." Yep. And I, yep. that's great. That's that's one of the best lines I think I heard in that whole conversation, because it's not yep. like you're you're taking ten percent or fifteen percent out to pay all these people and everything else and uh, all the storage and everything that's involved. I mean, they all of your oh, wine like that a, you yeah, like on. like you hear about auctions and no, oh, this went for you know a million dollars at auction. It's like yeah, but how much did the you know the the beneficiary actually get, you know, yes. for fundraiser type, type, you know, how much did they get and how much was, you know, administrative fees and, 
you know, in this case, storage and all that, and, uh, you know, for, for other auctions or not, they're, with Legacy Seller, there are no fees that are kept or anything like that. It's 100% that, that goes to the, uh, you know, the uh, charity. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing. That is amazing. That's that's one of the, the biggest things about that. Mm-hmm. And you can choose any charity you want. I mean, there's lots of them out there, you know, yep. veterans organizations and you know, animal oh, yeah. causes and religious and anything you want. I mean, there's because of yeah. the pandemic, uh, I read that the charities are hurting now. People aren't giving as much uh, to charities right. as they were before the pandemic. So anything yeah. would be appreciated by them now. So great, great um, yeah. concept, great cause. Mm-hmm. So we yeah, thank Garth so. again. Um, for, yep. We are at uh, 8.06 uh, p.m., which uh, blog talk radio time is probably 8.15. But, eight, um, you know, or 8.01, are, uh, you know, something like that. Between 8 and 8.15, yeah. 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 <laughs> what, what, what the clock shows here. But uh, we, uh, we will be returning on uh, next Thursday, the 18th of August, yep. and uh, another live show at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, I'm happy for you to join us, chat with us uh, in in the several chat areas that we have. And, uh, you know, you can ask questions at any time and uh, just let us know what, what, uh, you know, what you'd like to know about uh, wine or the subjects or or what. So just uh, connect with us. Or if you want to be on the show, like it's, we say all about wine. The show tonight was about wine, Mm -hmm. but a different aspect, any, Mm -hmm. any branch uh, that involves wine we will be happy to talk with you about it and uh yeah. get you on the show or like uh, july 28th we talked about cigars so there you go oh cigars <laughs> yeah we're getting ourselves <laughs> diversified here yeah. it was diversified that was a fun show uh, that fun was. show as well so uh, yeah yeah um very good any uh anything else we'll go ahead and uh close it out and uh see you all next week have a great weekend and a uh great week ahead and uh, be safe be safe out there thanks for listening this concludes tonight's broadcast of all about wine with your host ron for show information links to all about wine on twitter and facebook or to be a guest on this show visit the show website at www.allaboutwinedpr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. And we're off. Oh, here we go. Wow. To the green room. Mm-hmm. To the green room. We're going down the hallway now.